Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with his good friend Dion from Dion Talk. How you doing, buddy? Howdy, doing great. So uh, I've been wanting to ask you a question now that you are now that you are not only financially free, but you are retired or sometimes what I call unemployable. Uh, you've been in that state for a couple of weeks, so you're past what I call the honeymoon phase. It's kind of starting to feel like your everyday thing. So now that you are in this position, which we all want to be, or at least most of us, uh, I want to ask you, what was the hardest thing about this journey? Let's let's play a game of ping pong and go back and forth two or three times. So what's the hardest part, number one, Dion? And I, it, this is probably because it's the most recent. I think the hardest part of the journey was actually retiring. And it was because I was unfortunate. There are some people who are very fortunate and they hate their job. <laughs> like they just can't stand getting out of bed on Monday. They they post the thing, TGIF, crap, tomorrow's Monday. A very easy decision for them. Yeah, I don't have to work. I'm out of here. I think the hardest decision for me was for four years, I didn't have to work, but I really liked the job. Mm. Eventually, I had to decide, like actually make the decision. Time freedom yes. beats out, a, even though I liked it, loved it, it's a job. Yeah, that's ooh, that's that's a good one, folks. Uh, you're going to have to go back and listen to that again, right? You're lucky if you hate your job. If you love your job, it's hard. That's That's interesting. The, one, the first one for me is, uh, at least in my case, you know, my journey was 12, 13, 14 years. It wasn't eight. It, the, the, a, lot, a lot of life can happen in 10 years, right? When you start the journey to financial freedom, you're, 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 you're obviously younger. You're full of yourself. You're, you know what you're going to do. The first couple of years are slow, but you're ready for it. And then it gets to year three and year flow four. And it's still freaking slow. And you don't really see the recycling capital and the momentum building. It's just this little drip. You're like, okay, great. I got eight homes after three years or three and a half years. It's a couple of thousand bucks. It's, it's, it's so what, right? It's, it's for me, there was this moment. I think I wrote about it in the book. I've certainly talked about it a couple of times. I think it was about year seven or year eight. We had a decent amount of units at that point, but I had to physically pull my car over after attending another housewarming party, this time a direct report. So this person reported to me, they had a bigger house, nicer house, bigger part of town, big backyard. Never, we lived, My daughter never had a backyard. We were always in a condo or an apartment. We never had a backyard. And I remember pulling over and just losing my shit. I was, I was, it was, I don't, I can still feel that kind of having to pull over on 237 going, Olivia, you got to drive home. Um, so there, there will be at least I hope it doesn't happen to you, but I want people to be prepared. There will be a point in the journey where, frankly, you are very, very close to getting done. Like at year eight, we were like, we I didn't know it, but we were like two short years away from just explosive growth. And I, I mean, I the worst thing I could have done is threw my hands in the air. Okay, we're done. And we're going to go buy a big house because we could have. We could have. We could have sold half our portfolio. We could have probably paid cash for something in a nicer town and had that damn backyard. But you know what? I'd be working today. So it's it's just slower. And at least for me, there was that that, that I remember that day it was it was one of those points. Do you keep going with no guarantee? Right? I, there was no guarantee that we'd get there, or do we just give up and do what everybody else does? Buy another car, take another stupid vacation, buy the bigger house. 
yeah. So, uh, folks, it it takes more time than we all want. I think that's ironic. I think one of the most challenging things for me was literally the opposite hmm. of your experience. Pulling over, thinking that person who's working for me has the nicer house, probably the nicer car, the better vacation, the whatever. So I was the president of the CDL school. Uh, I did, you know, I just started, was slowly demoted to that, you know, instructor, lead instructor, like campus manager, president. So it was like, a, it was an evolution to it. And I was trying to share with people, I'm on the path to financial freedom, or independence at the time. What, and I didn't get that there was a difference. And I was trying to share it with everyone. You know, if you buy a rental every couple of years, in a few years, you won't need a job. And I have staff, and I don't want to ever name anybody by name, but Ashley, who just bought like a 700 and something thousand dollar newer house. It was the built house in an area where it was the show house. And so the other ones are still being constructed. Sea-dos, uh, vacations. <clears throat> so the challenging part for me was trying to share, here's how money works. And had you delayed that a couple of years, you bought a duplex or a duplex and then the house, maybe you know, you'd, you'd have a unit paying for your house Mm-hmm. financially free in 10 years the corporate side this is the difference is so the direct reporting since you're the president everyone direct reports basically except for the owners you bought the big huge house great would you like some overtime because you yeah. can benefit the company you can't quit you can't kind of change jobs yeah. uh, oh you bought some cedars that's awesome how about some more overtime like you're not going to take more than your vacation time off so it sucked because I'm trying to share the information. <laughs> that was the one thing that the owners of the company said when I retired. They said, that's awesome. Could you maybe stop teaching people they don't need to work for us? <laughs> um, but no one's listening. Just one, two guys in 10 years, two people have listened to me out of all the people that have ever worked there. Yeah. Everyone else is doing the, that thing. Big, nice house, nice cars, multiple nice cars, camper, RV, Sea-Dews. Uh, they will work until they die. Yeah. Well, it's funny. One of the things, one of my earliest remember, memories in my sales career. So when I moved from an, from an accountant to a, a pre-sales person, ultimately sales, one of the things that, one of my first early memories, uh, I'm just an individual contributor, nobody. I remember, I remember overhearing a, a VP and a district manager talk about one of the reps, one of the reps who had a great year. I think it might've been the best. I think he might've been the first, the number one rep in the company. And they both were celebrating that he bought his and hers 740 BMWs. Because again, he spent his money, it was gone. And now he signed these big old lease payments. So he has to keep hustling. They're like, yeah, he's got to keep working his ass off. I'm like, oh, I, this is, that's like mean. What are you doing? What, what is it, it, you, I felt split. I'm like, I'm sharing the information, but I'm going to benefit from you not listening. Yeah. Um, I guess the next thing, um, again, this is a superpower of me. I it was uh, frankly, it was easy for me, hence the superpower. But having talked talked to people for twenty some odd years and get them to do just step one and step two of my seven rules, it's hard. Focus. Everybody wants the easy button. They want to bounce around. I can't tell you how many people I've met at real estate meetups and I meet them two years later. They're doing something. You know, they they still have zero and they're you know they're on to the next thing. Folks, focus and daily discipline. One rental at a time is a process framework, all of that. So uh, it is that simple. Focus, daily discipline, learn average, only write great deals. Um, I've been doing it for 20 years. It works It works in every market. Some markets better than others, but it works in all markets. Um, yeah, I, 
you know, if, if I'm lucky at all, it, it is that that is my superpower that to be able to focus and, and execute daily. Your ability to focus is going to let me wrap up with my last one. So I'm going to close strong and thank you for doing the work for this. Here's what was the hardest part for me. Laid off 2008, start working 2009, start saving 2010, start investing 2012. But Mike put together all the things that I've lived through, the same things you've lived through in the last 10 years that we're living through now. Every single year, there was a reason why investing was a mistake. So I'm just starting out. And in 2012, shadow inventory is going to cause a crash. Don't buy now because next year it'll be worth less. 2013, raising rates increases inventory. So don't buy now, prices are going to come down. 2014, demand is going to drop by 20%. These are all the news stories we were getting. Each one of these years that I was working towards financial freedom, like right now, it's 2022 and you are hearing, and wait till you hear the, the 2022 problem. 2015, the silver tsunami. The, the, the baby boomers are gonna start downsizing. So don't buy now, you have to wait. 2016, manufacturing recession, stocks drop 15%. And you know, anytime there's an impact to stocks, real estate follows. So don't buy now because prices are going to come down. 2017, prices are above 2008. It has to crash. There's no way they can be maintained at this level. It's not like people are making more. 2018, I remember this one. Interest rates are over 5% because I got three properties over 6% interest at that same time when people said you shouldn't buy, interest rates are too high. That almost sounds like something that's happening now. <laughs> 2019, inventory up, demand is going to go down. All of these reasons not to buy 2020. There's a pandemic, an eviction moratorium. It's the end of the world. You'd be stupid if you bought now. How many YouTube channels came out saying don't buy for the last two years? 2021, forbearance is ending. Mass foreclosures, right? And then here it is, the big one. Right now, 2022, we're living with this. Newsflash. People are still stupid. <laughs> so, so thanks oh. for doing the work on that. That was one of my live stream notepads the other day. Um, awesome. <laughs> that was the hardest thing. I was investing for 10 years from, from zero with every single year. All I was hearing was, don't buy now. Wait. Yeah, I feel really bad for the folks. Uh, who didn't buy in 2020 and 2021 because this or that reason. I tr we, we, we tried. I gave them 52-year spreadsheet. It basically said 2020 and 2021 were the best years ever to buy, and yet there were channels repeatedly saying crash. Folks, if, if, if you're listening to a YouTube channel who's a renter, never owned a rental property, never took action, and they're telling you not to buy... <laughs> What are you doing? People are still stupid. Yeah. So Dion, where can people find you and remind them of your live stream today? Dion Talk Financial Freedom here on YouTube. And my live streams are every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific. I try to answer every question that comes in. And you're going about three hours these days? I usually do three hours. Today, there's every second Tuesday of the month, there's a live local meetup that I go to. Okay. So it tends to be about an hour and a half. But the rest of the time, it's at least three hours. Wow. That is awesome. Thanks, buddy. Ciao.